Good morning and welcome to everyone. This is today's focus for Saturday, November the 19th, 2022. It is currently 11.07 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, should I call it reality? Today's focus is reality. I want you to focus on a reality, and then I want you to consider how Christians in many ways try to deny that reality. Should that be the way I start this? I I don't know. I'm having an internal conflict with myself. Do I start this by saying today's focus is reality? I want you to really meditate, focus, think deeply about reality, because if you are a Christian, you're constantly being told to deny that reality. Is that, would you, would you disagree with me? Probably, you probably would. You probably would. I know that that offends many people, but I have often said that I think there's something within Christianity that almost causes people to become absolutely blinded to facts, to truth, to reality. But we we like to brag and tell everyone, no, 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 no. See, as a Christian, my eyes have been opened. My mind is clear. I see reality. You're living in darkness. I'm living in light. I have the truth. You live in lies. That that's the that's the idea that we put forth, right? As Christians, that we've got it all figured out. We understand it. We know it. You're in confusion. We have truth. And we almost say it in a very, can I say, arrogant way? Maybe, maybe you don't say it that way, but it's, it's constantly around you in the Christian world. Let, let's take this a little further and see if you can understand where I am going. Reality. Here's a reality. It's a, it's a very, 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 very important reality, but it's a reality that should not be able to be denied in any way, shape, or form. Here is the reality. If you are a Christian, you sin all the time. You sin continually. You sin perpetually. You sin personally. You sin perfectly. You sin exactly and entirely. You sin. You sin in thought. You sin in word. You sin in deed. You sin in motivation, feeling, emotion. You sin internally. You sin externally. 2,000 years of church history, what do we have to show for it? Sin, failure, sin, 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 sin. Go back before, quote-unquote, church history to the history of Israel. What do we see? Sin, failure, sin, failure, sin, failure. Take all the so-called heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. What do you see? If you Well, in Hebrews, you're going to talk about all the good things they do, but if you go study their life, sin, failure, sin, failure. It's a reality. And then on one hand, Christians will admit that reality at least in at least in word, they will. Practically, they try to deny it because here's what happens. We are constantly told, yes, we will, we will sin. We will sin. But then we come around and basically tell everyone, however, 
You can say no to sin. You can say yes to God. You have the ability to put sin to death. You can do it. Or we'll say, well, you can't do it, but God working in you allows you to say yes to God, no to sin, and to put sin to death. You you have the power to do so. With the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you can overcome sin. All right, well, wait a minute. You just told me that sin is a reality. Now you're telling me I can overcome it. But then they'll then they'll say, but, 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 you can't do it perfectly. Well, wait, I'm so confused. So sin is a reality, but supposedly I have now the spiritual ability and power to overcome it. However, I don't have the spiritual power and ability to overcome it perfectly. So that means I just sin, what, 50% less than someone without the power? Do I sin 60% less? And when I ask these questions, Christians get very frustrated with me and they get very defensive. But you shouldn't get defensive. We have to deal with these facts. You sin all the time. All the time. Let, let, let me, let me, I, 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 I do this over and over and over and over, but I'm going to do it again. Let me just give you a three scripture test, right? Here we go. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. When was the last time you accomplished that? If you say that you have, you're probably committing another sin of lying, all right? You never love God that way. That's what, that's everything inside of you. Loves God supremely. You love yourself supremely. You love things supremely. You, there's so much that you put before God all the time. Love your neighbor as yourself. Come on. Put others before yourself. I mean, come on. We fall short of that continually. And then here's the big one. Be ye holy as God is holy. That's repeat. That's stated in the Old Testament and it's repeated in the New Testament. When have you ever been as holy as God is holy? Just those three, you fall short continually, perpetually, entirely, personally, perfectly. You are, you fall short of these all the time. You fall short of these externally and internally. So that's the reality. But then we'll say, but, 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 you can say yes, no to sin, yes to God, and you can overcome sin. How do we, how do we say such conflicting things? And, and, and the weird thing is Christians don't even see the conflict. They don't even see the problem. They're just like, what's the, no, you just don't understand what I'm saying. That's what I always get when I try to explain this. No, you just don't understand. You just don't understand what I'm saying. Or are you saying that we can't stop sinning? Well, are you telling me we can become perfect, sin, sinless perfection? Well, no, no, I'm not saying we can reach sinless perfection. Well, then you're telling me we can't stop sinning. <laughs> so can we or can we not? Well, we can't. We can stop sinning some. Okay, so let me get this right. So I can stop sinning some, but I'm always going to sin. But because I can stop sinning some, somehow that means I have some kind of ability or power but you do realize if I stop committing this sin, I'm still committing other sins continually. You you pick the sin, all right? So let's say, I'll just use one, gluttony. Let's just say, okay, I, I, I've stopped gluttony. Congratulations. That is awesome. Uh, guess what? You're still committing countless other sins continually. So how do we, how do we work around this? Well, for today's focus, we're going to look at a passage of scripture. So today's focus is not really reality. I was making a little bit of a joke there, but you can tell that this just, I get so fired up about it. And here's the reason why. I don't know what time it was. I was, I was listening to podcasts, which I always do. And well, I heard this. 
In Colossians chapter 3, Paul explains how believers ought to live as a family. So what exactly does that look like? From Moody Bible Institute, this is Today in the Word, and I'm John Gager. Paul begins by defining a list of actions that we should put to death. The verb used for put to death is really, really strong and suggests that believers are to not simply set aside these actions, but exterminate and destroy them altogether. Okay, so as a believer, according to this, we are called to exterminate and put to death once and for all certain sins. Once and for all. Now, if we have, now, this this is just got to take this to its logical conclusion. Okay. This implies that you and I possess said ability to put sin to death. Once and for all, put sin to death. Well, if I can put, if I have the ability to put two sins to death, three, how many sins do I have the ability to put to death? Five, 10, 15, 20. And you would think if I have the ability to put five, 10, 15, 20 sins to death, then logically that would imply I can put all sin to death. Therefore, sinless perfection is achievable. It is probable. It is possible. So, but then at the same time, we'll say, no, no, you have the ability to put sin to death, but you can't be perfect. Well, then that means there's a limit to my putting sin to death. So somehow explain this. Can I? Can't I? So they're saying Colossians 3. That's what you're going to be focusing on today. Today's focus is actually Colossians chapter 3. I know I'm taking a long time to get there, but let's listen to a little bit of this. So clearly they've implied now that Colossians 3 tells us that we possess said ability to put sin to death once and for all. That means here's the sin. I can put it to death. And and if it's dead, then I never have to deal with it again. I'm telling you, you're, you, you've, you've reached very close now to claiming sinless perfection is possible and probable. Let, let's see what they say. Destroy sin. Now, the first four sins on Paul's death list deal with sexual sins, displaying their destructive significance. And the next long list of sins Paul identifies concern a believer's speech. Then Paul transitions by admonishing Christians to put on the new self, which is the image of God. The new self is the one we have always been wanting to put on, but we have been so distracted in our journey. The enemy's lies. So so here's the thing. We've, we've always wanted to put on the new and get rid of the old. We've just been distracted. So the problem is distraction. See, if you could get rid of distractions, you would put on the new, put off the old, and then I guess you would put all sin to death, and I guess you would achieve... Come on, class, take it to its logical conclusion. Oh, yes, sinless perfection. So distraction is the problem? ...have taken their place time after time. But when we are finally able to confess to one another our sin, we have the power and energy to discard it once and for all. See, we have the power. We have the... Once we confess it, we possess the power to discard it once and for all. So I want you today to confess every sin you've ever committed. Just, I want you to just commit, confess every sin you've ever committed. And now, according to this, you now possess the power to discard it once and for all. That, that, confess that you do not love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Boom. Now you possess the ability to do it. 
and to get rid of failing to do that once and for all. Confess that you don't love your neighbor as yourself. Boom, you now have the power to do that. Confess that you have failed to be holy as God is holy. Boom, now you have the power to do that. That's the implication here. And people say, no, 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 no. That's not what it's saying. That's exactly what it's saying. All right, I'm going to back this up just a little bit so we can hear this all again. But it's the constant, this is the constant thing within Christianity. And I just don't understand, like, how can, how can you say this knowing that sin is the daily experience of every believer? I, I, all right, here we go. Put on the new self, which is the image of God. The new self is the one we have always been wanting to put on, but we have been so distracted in our journey. The enemy's lies have taken their place time after time. But when we are finally able to confess to one another our sin, we have the power and energy to discard it once and for all. We are part of a new family with a new future because we bear a new image, that of our Creator. Today in the Word, we read in Colossians 3, verse 2, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Hey, what sins do you need to put to death? Confess them to the Lord today, and then perhaps you can confide in someone within your church family so they can help you put it to death once and for all. Our Today in the Word. See? They can help you put it to death once and for all. Well, I mean, just just hey, just just work that out logically. You just name the sin, you have the problem, you confess it, now you have the power to get rid of it, and you can put it to death once for all. Now, if it's put to death once for all, it doesn't, that means it doesn't come back, right? It's, it's gone, it's finished. All right, now go to the next sin, go to the next sin, go to the next sin. Let's say you've been saved 10 years. Let's say five years. Let's just go five years. Five years. By the time you reach the five-year mark, why isn't all sin gone? I mean, because you can put it to death. So then you're going to say, well, because people don't want to put it to death. So you're telling me that everyone within Christianity could be perfect. They just don't want to be perfect. And if not wanting to be perfect is a sin because we don't want to be perfect, why don't we just confess that we don't want to be perfect? And then we would have the power to change our want to, our don't want to, to want to. And then we would be like, no matter what you do, you work yourself right into a corner with this. But Christians have some weird superpower to live in a world where the reality around them is completely contradictory to the reality that they're pretending they're living in. It's like they're they're living in some fantasy land. And every day, everything around us, sin, failure, sin, failure, sin, failure, sin, failure. Hey, but we have the power. We have the power. So I want you to read Colossians chapter 3 today. Here's what I want you to read. I want you to read Colossians chapter 3 verses 1. Just go go Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. I know many uh, Bibles start a new paragraph really at 10, depending on how your, your Bible breaks things down. But Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. And I want you, and I, and I would read it right now, but I'll just, I'll just give it to you because today's focus is supposed to be short. But I just want you to really, 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 really consider what it is saying there and ask yourself how you do so. I guess the key word there becomes this word. It's found in um, verse 5, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. 
Mortify, therefore, your members, which are upon the earth. And then it names a number of sins, fornication, uncleanliness, and uh, inordinate affection, and et cetera, et cetera. All right. But mortify your members. Mortify. Mortify your members. I, I, I want to look up the Greek word. I, I, I have so much I want to do here, but the, today's focus is just to place this before you. So I'll, I'll summarize it this way. All right. I'll, I'll try to summarize it this way. As a Christian, as a Christian, you have to acknowledge the reality that sin is a normal, everyday occurrence in your life. You sin internally, externally, and thought word, and deed, and emotion, and what you would do, and what you leave undone. You sin continually. It's just the reality. That's the reality. At the same time, if you're a Christian, you have been told most of your Christian life that you can now say no to sin, yes to God, you can obey, because you now have power. You can put sin to death. You can mortify the flesh. You can, you can, you can, you can. Okay, so reality number one, you sin all the time. Reality number two, you're basically told that you can stop doing it, okay? And reality number three, no one obviously ever stops doing it because, well, sin continues to dominate the lives of believers and it's found in every church. So how do you deal with, with you've got two realities. Sin happens all the time. No one has ever even come close to the to level of perfection, yet we're being told and sold. And I don't care what Christians say. They can say, well, no, 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 no. We're not saying you can be perfect. If you're not saying you're being perfect, you're really contradicting your entire argument. Because if I now can say yes to God, no to sin, if I can put sin to death, if you're telling me I possess said power, then you've got to, you have to allow for sinless perfection. You have to say that it's possible. And if you say it's not possible, then that means you're telling me there's a limit to the number of sins I can put to death. There's a limit to the number of times I can say no to sin. There's a limit to the number of times I can say yes to God. Well, then how do you explain that? I've got the power, but there's a limit to it. There's a little, you can only, oh, oh, you're getting, you're getting, okay, I'm sorry, you know, you know, beep, you know, you get a, a text on your phone, you get a, a warning sound, a siren, you get beep, 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 we're sorry, we're sorry, you've now reached your limit, you can no longer say no to sin, you can no longer say yes to God, because you can't get to perfectionism, it can only get you this far, no, but no one ever explains this, we, we just stand behind pulpits, preach and proclaim promises, and then we, we were, we're baffled and we're perplexed and confused when people are like, this, this stuff doesn't work. I tried Christianity and I just kept sinning and I kept, I kept falling short. And what you're supposed to reach, do, I guess as a Christian, you're supposed to put your arm around them and go, don't take it that seriously. Look, just don't commit the big sins and you're good to go. Nobody takes the rest of these sins that seriously, okay? Are you committing adultery? Are you sleeping with a prostitute? Are you getting abortion? Are you gay? No, okay, well then you're okay, all right? Just don't commit any big sins and you're okay. Come on, that's the way the game is played. And then we tell everyone that we've got power and we've got ability and we can do it. Well, we just ignore all the 50 billion sins that we're committing. I don't, I don't understand how Christians don't see this stuff. We, we should be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we got to think this through. We got to think this through. If I say that, then I take it to its logical conclusion, then I'm inferring, I'm implying that spiritual 
that sinless perfection is possible, plausible, that it should happen. That's that that's an that's an issue. All right. So for today, where I've already gone twenty minutes, I apologize. Um, Colossians three, Colossians three, Colossians three. Just look at it and look up the Greek word for mortify. And just, I want you to, I want you to, and you're saying, you're not giving me a lot of answers. I'm, I, I, why should I have to give you answers? Clearly nobody else does. The answers they give you are complete denial of reality. I want you to just ask yourself, okay, how well can you mortify it? Like what, what power do you possess? And, and I'm going to get emails saying, well, no, no, we have the power. Oh, so you can be perfect. Well, no, I can't be. Well, then you have limited power to mortify it. So what, what, what does it mean that you can't, can you or can't you? I do. I, and you say, well, you're telling me we shouldn't try to fight against sin. I'm not saying that. Are you telling me we shouldn't put off the old and put on the new? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that clearly we've got to understand this in a way that allows for the reality we all we all experience. So Colossians three, focus on the word mortify. Just tell me how you what you how you struggle with Colossians three. What do you do with it? All right, let me know. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I apologize for going 21 minutes. I know I try to restrict myself to 15 minutes. But this subject, we have talked about this subject so many times on this podcast over the last few years. It, it has become ma a major theme. And I think the theme of this podcast is getting ready to just become, look, the Christian denial of reality, right? Like we've got to, we got to be better with this kind of stuff. But all right, I'll stop there and uh, just know whatever we cover in today's focus, it's always short, it's limited, but that doesn't mean we can't return to this subject in other podcast episodes and really start trying to take this apart and struggle with it. So maybe Colossians 3 is about to become a focus. Let me know what you think about Colossians 3, and we'll talk about it. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great Saturday.